This is Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Young Persons Radio! I don't usually wake up this early. Okay. Caller, what is so important? <laughs> I guess it's a show where you talk to people who are hit by lightning. Hey, Colby. It's Tim Keck. What's up, bitch? This is Mary Coolahan. Colby, Colby, it's Jason Trackerberry with a very quick phone call. It's me, Jean Craighead George. It's Monica. Yay. Yay. Can I tell you a pigeon story? He's raising baby pigeons in a pasta colander. Pigeon, is that you? There's enough evidence on here to lock her away for a long time. <laughs> oh, I guess this is a maniac show for birds. Stupid, it's childish, and I would never do that to you. Lower East Simon. What it's kind like- of art were you doing at the karate school? The art of the empty hands. I take care of feral cats. There's a meatball. It's in the house. <laughs> Caller, it lift me out of this slump. Caller! I'm not a fan of the show. No. I've never heard of it before. Are you back to number one yet? I'm feeling real cool. Get me named a living landmark for New York. I gotta shoot on Rob Shapiro real quick. He's a hack. His fans are morons. I'm a big fan of your radio show, but off the air, you're, you're kind of a terrible person. You just sound like a bunch of dorks. I yes, truly can't you. tell if everyone's making fun of us. Is this what this feels this like is, every week? Yeah. Come in. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, it's Colby. You have a nasty habit of surviving. You know what they say about the fittest? how I come back. This is how I come back. This is what I deserve. I go for the big yell that starts off every show on a note of buoyancy and joy. And what do you get? You get the phlegm. Isn't that the story of this country? This show, in many ways, is a metaphor for America. And that is maybe the most on-the-nose one. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is your Sunday morning comedy talk program hosted by me, Colby Smith and I'm. Uh, we missed you last week. We missed a show last week. There was an, uh, a nice rerun with our friend Ginny Sanborn doing the summer movie preview. So uh, you know this is still topical, still a topical, uh, 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 relevant to your life. Uh, so thanks for tuning into that, and happy to be back with you live here on Radio Free Brooklyn. And there are many perks of doing this show live. One of which is that you can influence the nature of the show directly. By calling the number 718-928-9732. That's 718-928-9732. And look, this would, appear, would, would seem to me a very straightforward venture. There is a radio show going on. There is a call-in number. You call that number. You talk with the host. You all have a fun time. Everyone else enjoys it. 
you go about your day, your spirits somewhat lifted. However, it seems to confuse many listeners also, in that, oh, I don't want to interrupt what you're talking about. Oh, I don't have anything to say about what you're talking about. It doesn't have to. It could be anything. You could call up and uh, uh, with like a, a shout out. You could you could wish your mom a happy birthday because you know this is the best way she'll hear it. You could uh, you could do any number of things. It doesn't have to be related to what we're talking about. It can be related to what we're talking about. But listen, this show it, it takes a village to raise a child and to host an entertaining radio program, and you are that village. So call the show today at 718-928-9732. This is Young Persons Radio with me, Colby Smith, on Radio Free Brooklyn. And I also want to let everybody know that there, there is, uh, uh, you know, you, you're listeners to this program. You know about all the exciting stuff Radio Free Brooklyn has to offer, be it our uh, rich texture of programming, not just on this talk show Sunday, on which we were followed at 11 by two thumbs undecided noon by the broken conversation and 1 p.m. objection to the rule, but all days of the week. And you listen to them how? By downloading our app that's available on the App Store, uh, the Google Play Store. But the doors, open wide as they may be, are about to open even wider for you to be a part of the Radio Free Brooklyn community. How? Well, we now offer for you to take part in uh, our podcast package, you see. Radio Free Brooklyn uh, has these services where you rent the studio for two hours, and uh, uh, one of our technicians, hosts, could be me, uh, uh, runs everything while you record your podcast using our uh, uh, high-end professional studio, and it's at a competitive rate. And you can find out more on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. And the price you see on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com isn't even the price you'll pay. Why? Because you'll use a code. That's right. This show has its first ever offer code. And it is YPR. If you enter that discount code, you'll get a discount on the fee for the podcasting services, which are top to bottom. You come with ideas. You talk for a while. You leave with a file recorded in high-definition audio of yourself talking, and then you can do whatever you want with it. And we have all kinds of services available for podcasters. So check out RadioFreeBrooklyn.com for more information on that. And if you do decide to pull the trigger on it, make sure you use the uh, the offer code YPR. Now, after all, there's been business building up for two weeks that I had to get through just now, and I, I've, I've uh, unfortunately made our guest wait for eight whole minutes before introducing her. And she is no stranger to listeners of this program. She is a writer whose work has appeared in the New York Times Magazine, The New Yorker, Vox, The All Eater, and countless others. Please welcome back to the show, Jamie Lauren Kalis. Oh, wow. I turned on the wrong microphone. <laughs> say that. Say that again. I said third time's a charm. Happy to be here. It doesn't have the same ring when you say it a second time. <laughs> yes, your third appearance on this program. I don't think of anything. I'm a quitter. I don't think I've ever done anything three times in a row. Are you a quitter? Oh, I'm such a quitter. I, I, I don't have a job. Like, I can't, well, I can't keep a job. Well, but you, you, <laughs> <laughs> but presumably you don't want the kind of job you're talking about, right? You, you're a writer. You go out, you live in the world, and then you come back and tell us what you did. I, I, I want to think that's something I'm choosing, but I think it's really, I'm just rejecting the alternative, which is like, I never had a job for more than like six months in my life. <laughs> 
Not even like uh, like in college or anything like that? I've always had a job since yes. I was 16, but I've just had like a thousand back-to-back jobs. Gotcha. Only in like six-month increments. Yeah. And sometimes less. The longest I had a job was my first job. Well, I guess my, technically my second job. My first job uh, was at an organic grocery store that was like in disarray where they spent all the money putting this big statue of a horse with huge balls in the lobby of the grocery store and then everyone in the kitchen was like smoking meth and then they promoted me to the manager when I was 14 and that (laughs) lasted about like a month and then my second longest job was the job after that where I worked at a fabric store and I worked there for about a year and a half and Uh I loved that job but they wouldn't give me a 25 cent raise from six dollars an hour so I quit. (laughs) Pennsylvania. I thought you were going to say you were quitting because they wouldn't put a statue of a horse with huge balls in the fabric store. So when the other when the grocery store went under, they had a huge auction where they auctioned off the horse with huge balls. And I don't know where it went, but like the balls were huge. (laughs) Yeah, big enough that that's like the defining feature that you remember now. People would come to the market and they'd see the horse from the front and they'd go, huh, that's like something to have in a supermarket. But then they'd run around the back and they'd like (laughs) cock their head and look underneath and they'd be like, Oh, no. (laughs) Why does it say about a supermarket that that's the first thing you see going into that supermarket? My hometown was like kind of farm country, but like a Uh town and they were really trying to like elevate the brand. Oh, I see. So I think they were like, it's going to be like a you're going to walk in, your breath will be taken away. Like kind of how like the first supermarkets in the 50s, you'd be like piles of cans to the ceiling whereas this was going to be like art in the market (laughs) oh i see so it was like a play at refinement yes and then it went horribly wrong yes okay okay i wonder if they what if it was a surprise to them when they got the horse statue yeah i don't know and i don't know what became of them i should find out like yeah this is in pennsylvania in pennsylvania about an hour and a half north of philadelphia Mm -hmm. gotcha gotcha just to contextualize uh fine place to grow up very (laughs) adequate do you get back much Never. Pennsylvania. My Never. parents moved to Philadelphia, so okay. I'll go there, but okay. haven't been to my hometown in, I don't know, six years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to see what's up there. Mm-hmm. But even just, uh, probably just to like drive through, you know, I don't know how long you want. Do you want to stay a night? <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of. It would be fun. Like I was thinking like, cause it is a nice place. Like it's a charming Pennsylvania historic town. Okay. So... It would be fun to like get an Airbnb with some friends and go on a vacation with my home and my hometown. I oh, think yeah. about that, but I don't really have it. Like anyone that I still keep in touch with from high school doesn't live there anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I know I uh, I have a I have a reunion coming up uh, this year. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I'm desperate for a reunion. <laughs> Are you? That could bring me back. Yeah, because like <laughs> I feel like I turned out great, and I really want to show it off. <laughs> Are, so you're going? Well, I I uh, uh, I, I will go. Yeah. Are it, you on the so the thing it. is I was on student council. So the fact that there isn't a reunion has something to do with me not planning what I think. Yeah. So I am also on the, um, the I'm partially responsible for planning it and I haven't picked up the ball at all. Uh, oh, you haven't been. No. <laughs> fulfilling your end of the bargain. Nope. I tried. I tried at the five year okay. to really like. Uh, oh, you guys had a five year. Galvanize the people and no one came through like I was yeah. like let's do this and people were like Meh. well one of my best friends was a year older than me and she organized theirs last year and they she said like 20 people came but it was just like a really depressing yeah <laughs> like affair and not depressing in the in the way that they usually are or so I've heard uh just that no one no one even bothered to show up yeah I don't really like I mean I feel like the people that still live in my hometown probably all see each other constantly because it's yeah. like a very small town people who left 
I think maybe they'd want to see each other in like New York or DC or right. Chicago or whatever. But like, I don't think they're particularly drawn to see the people who stayed. So yeah, sure, sure. I, I did run into someone from my high school. Like, it doesn't happen very often. Like, I think maybe there's five people from my high school that live in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like maybe four fifty in my graduating class. Um, and I was at Sweet Green, and you know how you can like order your salad in advance on the app. Yes. So lately, I've been like real big on doing that. Like you <laughs> order it, and then you just get there, and it's ready, and you can eat it. So yeah. like, it's just like on a shelf. It's on the shelf, and they yeah. put it on the shelf with your name. So I go to pick mine up. I'm early, and it's not ready yet. But I see on the other receipt the name of someone from my high school, and like it's a pretty distinct name, but like not so distinct that someone else couldn't be named it. But it's right. unlikely. So I was like, oh my goodness, could she really be here at the Williamsburg Sweet Green? And I turned around and she was right there and she was kind of just like, she like worked in finance. She lived in Williamsburg. She was like coming from an exercise class. And like, it was just like, I was so excited to see her. But after one minute, it was like, I was like, oh my God. And I was like, so exuberant. But then it very quickly like dawned on me that there was like nothing for us to talk about. And that we didn't even like each other. (laughs) So it was like. I don't know. It was just, it was kind of rough. And then all day I kept being like, I saw someone from high school at Sweet Green, but like other people didn't seem to grasp like the gravitas of that. (laughs) So did you speak at all? Yeah. We like did the small talk, like where are you living? What are you doing? Gotcha. Gotcha. And then they lived in, she lived in Williamsburg. So I was like, oh, I live in Ridgewood. Like Uh I was like, oh, clearly you're making more money. But like, then I was like, but I don't even want to work in finance. Like it was a real (laughs) referendum on my life. So. Yeah, I think that's like that's kind of you've already had the 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 nightmare high school reunion scenario where you have this person you don't uh, respect thinking that they're beating you somehow. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. And then I was like, like, I also think I look I look really different than I did in high school. Uh-huh. And I was a little disappointed that I was recognized because I was like, ah, I really thought I was like, you know, rebirthed anew. <laughs> But immediately she was like, Jamie, Jamie Kalis. That's like, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> we were just like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to explain who I am now, yeah, like what I'm about. And so she right stressed. away was like, oh, Jamie, <laughs> no right. way. I was like, it's like when you go home to your parents' house for the weekend, you immediately revert to being like 11 years old. Oh, oh absolutely. It was that feeling, but at Sweet Green. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it was not good. No. The last time I went home for any like meaningful amount of time, I spent an entire day just like playing literally the the same Xbox that I would play at like 14. <laughs> that sounds almost good though. It was in the it was what I needed at the time. It's not interpersonal. No. It's personal. It yeah, yes. Yeah, it was it was isolation. Yeah, cuz I don't like now my parents live in an apartment that like I didn't grow up in or anything. So when I go there and it's in Philadelphia in like a kind of cute like West Village-ish neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So like I just do my same things in New York. I like walk and get a coffee, I go to a bookstore, I like Yeah. So it's like weird. There's no like removal from cities. I just like like it would be fun to go back to like a town or a suburb. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it can be nice, but it's a nice visit. You know, it's yeah. a nice like think, clear the head. I think two nights, three days, ideal parent visit length. I can. I, I agree. Yeah. Every I time I go trip. over, I love my parents. I get along with them very well. Every time I go five hours over that limit, I'm like, I hate them. <laughs> and then you feel bad for thinking that. You know? Yeah, because they're good people. They're yeah. a lot of fun. Good intentions. But I'm, I just get so annoyed. I'll be like, why did you ask me if I want a snack when I don't want a snack? I can get it myself. Right, I keep saying it's like, if I have a need, I will meet it. I live on my own without you all the time. <laughs> my mom will be like, did you bring a sweater? You bring a sweater? <laughs> so much.
is our number. That's 718-928-9732 if you'd like to call in uh, uh, to this or or any Radio Free Brooklyn program today. That's 718-928-9732. Now, Jamie, you are living here in New York City where it is summertime. Ugh. Here in July. Ugh. And your reaction makes me think you're not thrilled? I'm ready for fall. (laughs) I hate the summer. Do you really? Uh, I don't have an outfit that translates to the summer. Okay. I don't know what I look like in the summer. Yes. I haven't felt cute or even normal in months. <laughs> um, I like outdoor activity, but mostly I like like riding my bike or going on a run. And like those things are miserable in the summer. It's they too are, hot. Yeah. It's too hot. And then I like socializing. <laughs> like I do like socializing, but I feel like the, the fun in summer is so compulsive where it's like, we're going to the beach. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to a barbecue. Then it's someone's birthday outdoors at a bar. And it's like back to back to back to back. But then the alternative to that is like stay in your house and the oh, air conditioner is expensive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so I'm just like, it's fine. I'm pushing through. But like, I like fall. I mm-hmm. like spring. Mm-hmm. Even winter I can tolerate. Sure. I don't love winter. Seasonal depression, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like I get it worse every year. Yeah. Ugh. It's yeah. coming back again. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But yeah, summer, I don't know. Do you like summer? You know, I used to be very anti-summer, uh, but I think I'm, 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 uh, I'm getting used to it uh, as time goes on. I think I'm having better summers. That's good. What's the secret? Uh, I think I just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be sweaty all the time for four months. And I think that was the big block. Once I just accepted that I was just going to come, I was going to need to go through several shirts a day. Mm. Uh, then I was like, okay, I can, I can maybe do this. Yeah. I think I, I accept the sweating part of it. And I, I wouldn't say like, maybe it was I'm, hard. It was hard for me to accept. Okay. You see, <laughs> I accept the sweating and I don't want to delude myself, but I don't think I'm that smelly of a person. I mean, okay. I could be so wrong, <laughs> but like, I'm fine to like roll up somewhere sweaty, like wipe my face off with a napkin and just be like, I'm here (laughs) ready for brunch. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, I don't know something about like, and I am really leaning in this year. Like I went to the beach last weekend and I swam in the freezing cold ocean, not only once, but twice. Okay. Like I'm really like trying to be like, if something seems like summer fun, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to question it. I'm here to just take the pill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like my brain doesn't work. Do you find it harder to work in the summer? Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. like, if I don't work, I don't have any money because I don't have a salary. So I'm like, <laughs> in the summer, it's always like three months of summer, I'll get one month of fall work done. Right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, I need to be accounting for this now that I've been having this job for four years. It seems like I can like see the patterns. I yeah. should be planning. Yeah. You do just a ton of work in the spring and then you can, then you can coast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't you know. You work yourself ragged in the spring so that by the summer comes around, you want to die. Yeah. And you just lie around all time. Well, I was like, I, I guess I understand, like, okay, I have some older friends and they're, they're like having some money and stuff and like they go upstate and mm. like they'll be like, come upstate for the weekend. That's and like the worst part about knowing older people. No, but I'm sort of like, I understand why someone would go upstate. Oh, absolutely. Like before I would be like bourgeois country house i don't need it beach house not for me <laughs> now i'm like if someone's invited me i'm definitely going every time oh yeah oh absolutely yeah but, but yeah i mean I, I there's an art teacher at the community center i work at and she's always like taking these she's you know she's in her 60s she's like yeah. always taking these like weekend trips to places and i'm just like my, my, i want to do that yeah and i guess like 
I could be setting it up if I was like a little more shameless. Like mm-hmm. I could be like hitting up a family friend to be like, here, you got an extra bedroom. But then it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's I, not the same. It's not the same. It's just, I haven't really figured out summer in New York. Okay. I would love yeah. to go to Maine. Oh, sure. A breeze from the sea. Yeah. That would be incredible. Have you been before? No, it's like, one of, I've been to almost all the states now, mm-hmm. but not Maine. Okay. Yeah. That's a, uh, I feel like that's a, you would like that. You would like Maine. I know. I think I would love it. <laughs> Cottage on the beach. Yeah. I love a craggy beach, not like as opposed to like a tropical beach. Sure. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. That said, tropical beach, fine by me. Uh, I burn so easily. I mean, me too, but I love the beach. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, I have, so like, I have a really hard time with the texture of the sand. Okay. Especially when it meets the texture of the blanket. Like, <laughs> There's a, I have a lot of like sensory neuroses, but like sand is a huge one. So okay, well, yeah, that would be. When I'm on the tough. beach, I'm like tiptoeing really carefully to be like, I'm a hot beach babe. Like, <laughs> How about uh, uh, summer movies, uh, Jamie? There's no good ones this year. I I'm, I'm real curmudgeon about summer this yeah, summer. Yeah, you I don't really know. Have are. you seen any good ones? Because I'm desperate to go to the movies. Like, I would love to go today. Yeah. Um. No. No, I haven't. What were you the most optimistic about that seems to have let people down? Well, uh, I don't know. I feel like no one's talking about Toy Story. People were excited about that. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about I that. Heard a word about it. I'm not seeing Midsommar. No, do you not like scary movies? I don't. Like, I can watch them, but like, I don't get why I would watch them. Okay. Yeah. I don't get the. Whole I think enterprise. okay. I'll make I'll make a case for scary Great, movies. Great, go now. for it. Because I think there uh, there is a, a case to be made. I'm not saying I like them as a as a genre. But I, I want to understand. But the good ones, I think it's fun to see uh, the tools of filmmaking uh, put to use in that way. Uh, like I think horror, like the good horror directors, uh, really think about all of the visual and oral uh, tricks of mm-hmm. the trade. Uh, in interesting ways and put them to use in ways you're not uh, expecting. Uh, and I think that was what was that was what kind of what was nice about Hereditary. I didn't uh, see it. There, OK, so there was there were some very striking images <laughs> in Hereditary that I thought make the make the aesthetic case for it as a as a movie. Yeah, I, I get that. I think it's just like I wish they would do that in a way that wasn't also scary. Oh, sure. <laughs> you just want to see a nice movie. Yeah, like I, I really like. Like, I love a big summer, like, disaster blockbuster mm-hmm. where, like, they blow up the Statue of Liberty or something. Like, <laughs> yes. I like when you see a big landmark in, like, a, like, destroyed in an interesting way. Like, that's very exciting to me. Yeah. Like, a great summer movie experience I had was seeing, um, with The Rock. Jumanji? No. Skyscraper? Was it called Skyscraper? No, it was called, uh... I think San Andreas. Ah, uh, yes. I loved that movie. Yes, like, yes, yes. They should put one of those out every week in the summer. <laughs> but and, and then I was like, that that movie Late Night mm-hmm. with Mindy Kaling, which yeah. is like a late night host but a girl. Yeah. I was really feeling optimistic about that. I'm really into the genre of movies that's like pander directly to women. <laughs> um, like, did you see, I saw Blockers and then I saw Booksmart. I have not seen Booksmart or see Blockers. Blo- oh, see, uh, this is like a great genre of movie. It's like, R-rated, so like they say fuck, and like maybe they'll do something gross, like they'll like in in uh, blockers they butt chug. Okay. So it's like we're not like your regular feminist comedy. We're still like we're still here to be crass, but also like women will be respected. And like <laughs> I thought I was gonna resent this because it's like it's too easy that I would like this, right? But I love it. I'm like and like they're always like, 
One character is a lesbian. One character is like a person of color. Uh-huh. One dad is sensitive. One dad <laughs> is bad, but he changes. Like they really hit all the marks of like a woke comedy. And I'm just like pander to me. <laughs> yeah, you're here for it. Yeah, because I already like 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 a big unwoke comedy. Yeah, I, I can love like wedding crashers. Yeah, like I love that. I don't I, I guess those really went away. Yeah, they did. I mean, yeah, they had their time. They were here for 30 years. Do they hold up? Uh, I mean, it depends on which one. It does depend on which one. There are Well, let's take the Wedding Crashers example. Yeah. There are certain things about it that definitely do not uh, hold up. Like what? Well, there's like a, um, um, Rachel McAdams has like a younger brother and his whole thing is that he's gay. Uh, oh. You remember him? The yeah. The guy who like paints Vince Vaughn. Oh, and he's like a creep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't have that in these times. No. I think it's good that Four-year-old that, virgin holds up. Does it? Okay, so you've seen it recently. Movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember thinking at the time that scene where they do the the, the poker game where he the, the reveal that he's a virgin. Yeah, is like an all time great scene. That's that, so I mean, funny. that's a great movie. I only had like six DVDs in my childhood. Yeah, and that was one of them. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a nice it's a nice it's about him growing up, you know. I know, and it's funny. Like he rides the bike. Jonah Hill has a cameo in it. Jonah Hill, a yeah. young Jonah as Hill, the guy at the eBay store. Remember that? Concept? Oh yes, yes. Ah, uh, movies. Catherine Keener is the uh, oh love yeah. Interest. There's a lot of like Catherine Keener type figures now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Francis McDormand. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a thought about that. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, you and I saw Rocket Man together. Yeah, I I keep thinking about it. Me too. And not in a good way. I know. It was not a good movie. <laughs> I didn't like it. I feel mad that Elton signed off on it. I know. I know. He should have rejected it at the 11th hour. Yeah. He should have been, this, this sucks. This isn't what I'm about. Yeah. And I can't even be like, the music was good. Like. Yeah. They really butchered the whole thing. The costumes were good. Yeah, there was, I thought, okay, so I thought Taron Egerton was good in it. Oh, boy, here we go. First caller. Caller, welcome to the program. Hey. Hey, Colby. Hey, buddy. It's Tim Keck, our loyal caller. Hey, Gabe, how's it going? Hardly misses a week. Hello. Is this Tim Keck? It is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, man, I saw Spider-Man the other day. Oh, that was banging. it was banging. Great summer movie. I love a nice, a nice fun Marvel movie. And we saw it in 3D IMAX. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. <laughs> it's how everyone should see every movie. Every movie? Every movie. I can't wait to 3D see. Uh, I can't 4D. wait to see uh, Green Book in 4D. The show re-release in 4D. <laughs> Completely immersed. Paris is burning in 40. That would be great, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was banging. Uh, you said it was banging. It was good. It was fun. I had a great time. Did you see any good, good time. <laughs> you see any good previews? Oh, man. There were some good previews. I'm blanking what all of them were, but we sat through like half an hour of previews. Uh-huh. I love previews. There were Me too. so many previews. You know what looked fun was Jumanji. I never saw the first one, but the second one looked very fun. Nice. Also, The Rock. Love him. Yeah, I like The Rock. Hobbs and Shaw had a trailer. That looks fun. I thought you were anti-Hobbs and Shaw. Haven't we talked about this on the air? What is Hobbs and Shaw? Hobbs and Shaw is the uh, spinoff of the Fast and Furious franchise, where Uh. you have... uh, uh, 
the rock and um uh transporter what's his name tim jason jason statham, jason statham. their characters have their own little adventure oh no vin yeah no diesel Mm. Yeah, the thing that bothers me about it is that Vin isn't a part of it and that they think they can make a movie without him. And they're also the two, like, Johnny-come-latelys to the franchise, you know? Like, The Rock is not a founding Fast and Furious member. You know, he's not really in the gang. He, like, joined up, and now he's, like, you know, got a spinoff with another guy who showed up late. Like, it's cool. I wonder if they could have just made a separate movie, but I guess they wanted to have that Fast and Furious shot. But I will say... I will say the best thing The Rock has ever done is his character in Fast and Furious, <laughs> and it's probably because it's straight up just The Rock. It's the closest character he does that's that's like, I am just The Rock in an action movie, and it's so great, and he's only there for like 20 minutes in a movie, and it's like the perfect amount of Rock. If what you told me The Rock was going to star in a movie, or if he was going to be in it for 30 minutes, I'd be like, I got to see this 30 minutes rock thing what is the rock's natural personality i don't think i have a reference just a big tough dude the last thing you want is him to like pretend to act okay like i'm afraid of it like jumanji or something like that where he's gonna be like pretending to be like uh uh, another character or something like that we don't need this we don't need that we just see the the rock acting tough (laughs) he uses wrestling moves in the movie to fight people like that's the rock we need he fights the car yeah, straight on the nose. Huh. All right. I guess I can look forward to that. <laughs> what about the Scorpion King? I mean, the Scorpion King's a classic, but he was still the rock then, and he was finding himself. Oh, okay. So you separated out from his from his wrestling. So he has to have quit wrestling in order to in order for this to apply, is what you're saying. Well, at a certain point, he stopped being uh, the Rock, and now is Dwayne Johnson. And I think in the Scorpion King, he was still the Rock. What about the stretch where he was Dwayne the Rock Johnson? I is... think that was then like the segue. Was that's like, how I still think you know, of him. The Scorpion yeah. King is yeah. the Rock, and then uh, uh, Walk Tall or whatever was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The Rundown was like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Get smart. And ever since he dropped the Rock, he's making all these terrible movies. I don't know. It just feels like he keeps picking, like, the worst movies. Like, San Andreas, I did not see it, but I just thought it looked like the most boring movie ever. Oh, no, it was loads of fun. It was definitely a bad movie, but it just, like, you see so many famous things get destroyed. <laughs> Which is what I go to that kind of thing for. All right, how about I this? I just want, wanted to see a bunch of things destroyed. How about this? Tim, can you hear this? Not really. <laughs> okay, okay. I see what's happening, yeah. And he can sing. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. It's Moana. You don't yeah. even know how you feel. It's adorable. Can you hear this, Tim? Well, it's nice to see yeah. that humans never I mean, change. I love The Rock. I love Your The Rock. let's begin. Is yes, it's really me. It's Maui. Good. Breathe it in. Is that I Pixar? Know it's a lot. Huh? Is that Pixar? Yeah. Or di- <clears throat> Disney Pixar. Uh, are you going to... I heard... Recently, there are two Pixar movies coming out next year. Oh. They started advertising them already. Wow. One is set in the suburbs. Okay. And stars, I think, animals. Fun. One is set in New York City. Whoa. When that comes out. Town and country. I know. And, like, I'm not generally, I'm more of a DreamWorks kind of guy. Sure, yeah. But uh, a New York City cartoon (laughs) for me? Shrek, that's DreamWorks, right? Love Shrek. Yeah, I identify Shrek's strongly incredible. with Shrek. Shrek's incredible. Tim Shrek. 
I love okay. Shrek. <laughs> Tim Shrek. Shrek 1 was great. Shrek 2, surprisingly good. There's yeah, Shrek 2. Counting Crows have a great song on the soundtrack called Accidentally oh in Love. God. Yes, they do. <laughs> oh, man. I had a friend, like, right after that came out, who went to a Counting Crows show. Like, they didn't play that song, and people Ugh. were so mad at him. I mean, I would be mad, too, if I went to see the Counting Crows. They didn't play the song from Shrek. They just Accidentally play... in Love? It's, like, yeah. so good. If I... Strawberry uh, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> karaoke song. Yeah. Accidentally in Love. Uh, Counting Crows. Tim, final thoughts? Um... Yeah, I don't think anybody goes to reunions anymore because Facebook is our high school reunion, right? Now, Dude, instead Facebook, of waiting it's 10 a years reunion to every day. Married, tech angle. It's a reunion every day. Is this Andrew Yang yeah, on now, the phone? Now we know what everybody's doing constantly. We know what their weddings are. We know what their kids look like. Uh, even the distant people that we were trying to avoid. So, like, I don't think anybody really feels the need to get to a high school reunion and talk to all those people that they've intentionally not been talking to for 10 years. Cool. Well, I won't plan one then. Bye, Tim. <laughs> He's gone. Uh, farewell. Uh, I'm going to start hanging up on more people, I think. Yeah. That felt got, really good. You got to get a more steady stream of callers so you can afford to sacrifice them more readily. <laughs> now each caller is really high value. It dried up. The, the, the river ran dry. Oh, Jamie. did people used to call a lot? All the time they called. They couldn't get enough of it. Wait, really? Oh, it was incredible. Yeah. I would, it would, I would do shows by myself where I would talk for 10 minutes at the beginning and then just call, 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 call. Stop it, really? Swear to God. Ugh, your friends have forsaken Send you. Send you the link. Well, not just friends. We're talking randos. Randos? We're talking people I don't even know. Why don't you post the number on a post-it note? Put it around town okay. with a window you should call. I've thought about doing this. Right. I feel like we need to be doing more caller outreach. Yeah, you're right. We probably do. They're not just coming to me anymore. We need anymore. to get out the vote. They're not just coming to me anymore. Yeah. Right. You, I posted you should it on collab the, with... Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses at Myrtle Wyckoff. She's like, do you want to find the Lord or call a random guy? You guys want to collab? Yeah. <laughs> Colby X. Uh, you know, they do like Supreme yeah. X, whatever. It'd be like yeah. Colby, Colby X, X Jehovah's Witnesses. Watch Shower Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> I'll reach whatever audience. I want some weirdos to be calling in again. I miss Mother Pigeon. Mother Pigeon called in for like a solid year. Oh, wow. And at the time, I thought, oh, it's so annoying. It's I think some senior citizen outreach could be good because senior citizens are always trying to just talk to someone. Definitely. Oh, true. Yeah. And like depressed people with, that's no, a great with idea. like nowhere to turn. Yeah, that's a turn great here idea. to Young Persons Radio. I'm going to make up some postcards with the number on it and yeah. uh, uh, hand them out. At, at, we got a bunch of senior centers in Ridgewood. Yeah, I think that could definitely be something good. Um, I had a bad senior experience. Oh, boy. I play in a LGBT soccer league, or mm -hmm. at least was for a while, but I'm not anymore. But we had this idea that we were going to do like a dinner with like this old gay senior center. And we like planned this whole dinner with like taco bar and everything. And none of the seniors showed up. None they, of them? They stood us up. What? I Not one I think person? There was some sort of miscommunication with maybe a bus that was supposed to deliver the seniors. Oh. So we were like waiting, looking at our watches like the, the old gays are coming and none of them <laughs> came. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I know. It's a sad story. I know. We just had to eat our taco bar in the company of our peers. Oh, my God. Ugh, that blows. See, that's what my high school reunion is going to be like. Yeah, I'm just going to be waiting outside for the bus to show up, <laughs> looking at my watch. Hmm. You're just like, guys, come to Puccini's. It's definitely going to be at Puccini's. What's Puccini's? It's like the uh, it's like the only Italian restaurant in town. Mm, does it have like a room you can rent? It has a room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's almost certainly going to be there. 
Yeah, I love a multi-purpose room. I feel like people in New York aren't taking advantage of them enough. Mm -hmm. Like people are always like, come to a party at my house. Then it's like too crowded. Mm -hmm. Rent a room. Yeah. Do you know the place industry? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, that used to be a multi-purpose room. That would just it was just like a party, like a kid's birthday party. A company. hall. Yeah. And now look what it's done. Yeah. It's that too, too expensive, terrible brunch spot. That bar, Footlight Bar. They have a room you can rent. Oh yeah, it's the big. I think the big you just have to one. hit a bar minimum. You don't have to pay. Uh, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn, in fact, has done some shows there in the back. Oh wow. Yeah. It's been a little while though, because uh, um. It's hard to get people to walk that far. I know. Well, that's like the problem with living in Ridgewood, too, where I'm always like, I'm going to plan a really great event and no yeah. one's going to come to it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to invest in getting neighborhood friends. We've talked about this. But yeah. 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 I'm really like I'm looking for people that live locally. Like, you don't have to have a good personality. You just have to be close by. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, Jamie. I want to make sure we get this because uh, we're already we're already 40 we minutes. Every into time. I know. I know. We just can't stop gabbing. I want to make sure we get to one thing before uh, before I uh, uh, we do some actual interviewing Lay here it on, on me. the show. Forty minutes into this talk show, you wrote a piece. Oh no, a landmark piece about the Gravel teens. It's true. I love this article. Thank I love you. it so much. Uh, I'm sad he didn't get to debate. I know, and now I don't know if you're up to date on, but they're, the teens are wiling out. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. they're losing their minds. They're losing their minds. One of them is talking about joining the army, then the other one is saying like calling him out, being like, "Man, the army's not cool." <laughs> so, for people who don't know, Mike Gravel was the former senator from Alaska, who I I think, if I recall from your article correctly, has not held that office since 1980. Yeah, but has been has remained active politically. It, 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 more or less in that in yeah not in electoral years. politics but he has right. been engaging with his values in yeah. some way or another yes. and then in 2008 participated in the democratic primary debate yeah uh, kind of as a i want what my instinct was to say a troll candidate but not really he, he was more there he was just kind of a he was uh, pushing the conversation yes. further left yes yes um these teens one of whom is a, a columbia student now Mm -hmm. Um, is he, are they both? One is a high schooler. One is a high schooler still. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, basically convinced Mike Gravel to let them run his campaign Twitter mm -hmm. and it kind of caught fire. Well, they convinced him to run a campaign in the first place yeah. and then they've been managing his online persona yes. while he sort of like basks in the sun in California yes. and like takes a phone call from them every day. <laughs> um, and they were doing pretty good. They, they had to raise... $20,001 donations mm -hmm. minimum to be in the debate. And they came really close, but they missed the deadline. So yeah. now they were trying to make the second deadline for the second debate. And it's touch and go whether or not they're going to make it. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think they will. Uh, not to not have faith in well, them. No. But uh, yes, yeah, so now they're looking for somewhere because they have all this money, but they don't really need it to run a campaign. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out where should we donate all this money to? Yeah. So that's been the big conversation now. Yes. Yes. And the article kind of uh, uh, what's so compelling about it to me is it really becomes about what what is online identity? Because yes. there's Mike Gravel and then there's at Mike Gravel. Yes. Who we who we love. Right. We love him. I mean, some people hate him because they're like, he's just an online account. Uh huh. And then people are like, he's, they're just trying to get on Chapo Trap House, the noted left-wing podcast. Yeah. But uh, I'd explain it in case any of our, no, no, our, our right-wing listeners. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, I think it's sort of this idea of like the the public facing image of the candidate would be separate from the candidate mm-hmm. himself, which is sort of already something we've been doing since Nixon. Right. But now we're doing it explicitly in this sort of like postmodern way where yeah. we're like, let's play with the form. Right. So uh, that's sort of the exciting. I mean, I think Trump already sort of did that accidentally, but yes. now we're doing it on purpose. And I don't know. I think it's a, it'll be, we're entering an interesting phase of politics, if not a really distressing one. Well, sure. But yeah, I think, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I wavered back and forth the whole piece about being like, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? But mm-hmm. I'm really trying to get away from like from using deciding. good, bad yeah. as like an axis for like doing journalism. Cause like, you know, we gotta have new ones. Right. Yeah. But it's, I mean, you don't, you don't pass judgments on it uh, in the piece. You kind of just, uh, uh, at least it didn't seem that way to me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like obviously like s- smart teenagers or something. I pass judgment on favorably. Um, <laughs> yeah. Left wing politics. I'm like here for them as mm-hmm. my own politics. I mean, I can't say that in the magazine because I'm supposed to be a right a political cipher. Yeah. Um. But yeah, is this like the the most effective approach to doing politics in our modern times? I don't know if I'm equipped to like tell you that. So <laughs> right. Well, I think what's what's uh, um, it just hits on. I feel like it, it made me think of is that every every article you read uh, uh, from certain corners of the internet is about how um, you know these like young MAGA people have been like radicalized by uh, the internet, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's uh, I think it's nice to see the I don't want to say the left wing equivalent of that. But it, it's the piece does a great job, I think, of illuminating the the online circles that like young leftists run in. Like they're listening to Chapo Trap House, they're like interested in democratic socialism, they're like tweeting at all these people. Like you really get a sense for uh, uh, the the good things <laughs> that come from the internet as well, or like just like they give because I mean they're talking about like the teens are reading Nixon Land and like right. <laughs> like it's uh, um, I don't know if anything I said just makes sense, but uh, it was a nice it, it felt to me like a nice sort of um, cohesion or like uh, a coalescence of all these strands. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like I'm trying to think back to like me being that age and like. I don't think I could have ever become like a, a hate speech person, mm-hmm. but like there was definitely a moment in, in my childhood where I was like being a libertarian is the answer. Right. Like I think when you're that age and it's so malleable that if there's like an attractive and funny subculture, like expressing any political ideals, if it seems cool enough or fun enough, I at least could temporarily have taken it on as like sure. my politics. And I think there's a lot of kids out there like that. So I'm, I guess in, in one respect, I am glad to see that like, if the right has like Pepe memes or right. like whatever that like the left definitely has this sort of like post post irony, like tw- Twitter kind of humor mm-hmm. that like, I don't think that's going to solve fascism, but like it, it is a pretty compelling subculture to live in. And I think like yes. if it leads you to good politics then it is probably better than the alternative. I don't know well, if it's good. I mean, I think there's something to be said. I mean, not to, um, not to whatever I don't know, but uh, I feel like when I was a, <laughs> not, when to I, whatever. not to whatever, but <laughs> whatever when I was me. when I was a teen, it was the coolest thing was to not vote. It was really? like, oh absolutely, it was just like hey, it's well, all one big vote. lie, man. Like uh, uh, you know whatever, like not, but not even being interested in in right. voting. Uh, uh, the brief, I would say the caveat to that would be, um, like 
you know, their kids wearing like Save Darfur T-shirts and like Ooh, stuff like that. Yeah. Like any anytime you could like Coney 2012, right, whatever. right. Anytime you could kind of latch on to like <laughs> if you had like a, a emo punk band who was like involved in a, a cause, you know, like that was your cause uh, also. Yeah. And like everybody like hated Bush and everything and like the, the Iraq War. But I think there was a sort of like there was a like a cool detachment to, to the you know the it's all one big lion man that I that seems to have gone away at least in the teens that I uh, uh, read about. <laughs> yeah, I like cause I remember growing up, my dad who like uh, ha- had been a Republican for my whole childhood, mm-hmm. but we're definitely more like fiscally than socially. Was always like politics are for dumb people, and like yes. I-, I think like. Up until pretty recently, I, like, thought that was, like, a pretty solid take. Sure. Like, people that follow, like, the news of the Hill as a sport are mm-hmm. usually really boring people and, mm-hmm. like, have as narrow of a way of thinking about the world as, like, anyone else. But I, I don't know, like, some something about 2016, not because, like, things are j- the same amount of bad. They're just bad in a more obvious way. Like, right. all these structures were just implicit before that, but, like... I don't know. I think I'm having a hard time being like, what is my relation to electoral politics in this time? Because it's totally. like, now you have to vote. Yeah. But like, I don't think I have any more faith in the system to deliver something good, but I do <laughs> feel more obligated to participate in it. So it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's like. It's tough. It's tough to parse. Right. It's really hard to not do nihilism because I do on some level believe that we're just really fucked. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not an excuse to give up. Right. So I, yes. don't, I don't know. Like, well, I think that's I think that's it. I think what you just said is the core of it. Which right, is, but it's like if you're not going to give up, then the, is the alternative sort of it's like oh, I'm going to participate in like a pretty feudal electoral system. Mm-hmm. Like that's bad too, and seems a little bit like a waste of time. So like I'm really, I'm really keen on like finding the alternative. Yeah. Like, and I guess this is like a lot of people are really drawn to DSA and stuff for this reason. For sure. And like I, I'm, I'm glad, but I haven't really figured out like how to fit that into my interests. Like I go to the meetings occasionally, but it's just like I, I don't know. It's not catching, and I. It's not for lack of trying. I don't, it's not gonna have a problem with it, but like, I don't, I don't know. It's like, Mm -hmm. I have these like strong feelings, but then I haven't really latched on to any way of like enacting them in the world. And I'm like really looking. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I certainly don't have an answer. Yeah. Uh, uh, But I mean, I think for me, what I've kind of come to with that is the, you know, the uh, um, just trying to focus on what I can control in my like waking life and just, you know, uh, doing what little I can to to make those around me better served. Uh, you know? well, I guess that's sort of just like I'm like, well, obviously I'm going to do that. Uh, oh, OK. But I'm like, <laughs> I, I guess it's like, like living in like Bushwick, Ridgewood, greater area. Like, I do feel like I live in a bubble where like I don't interact with anyone that has different politics than me. I don't really feel like the stress of like everything is very abstract in the life I'm living, uh-huh. which I feel fortunate for that. But that doesn't mean that other people aren't suffering. So it's like I don't think there's like I think I have to be taking conscious steps to like leave that bubble so that I can sure. like contribute something meaningful to like the betterment of society. But I haven't really figured out how to do. Oh, that. sure. Well, it's hard. It's hard it's, to do. because It's not going to just passively find me where no. it's going to be like I'm seeing someone being oppressed on the street and I'm going to run up and stop it. And then society will be fixed. You know what I mean? Like. But I do feel like I have skills that I could like lend to a greater effort, but sure. I haven't been able to like figure out where it's like, who needs these skills and how can I find that? Like, I don't know. I, I have a lot of guilt about it. I think a lot of people right now have a lot of I guilt so about too. like, yeah. I'm just sitting idly by feeling bad when like all these terrible things are happening. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, that's what's so frustrating about it is that, like, there is no easy, like you were talking about, like, DSA. Like, there's no group <laughs> that we found that that is, like, doing uh, um, work on the level that you're describing. Right. I mean, it's like the perfect is the enemy of the good. Like, it's yes. like, probably I should just, like, show up to DSA and they're like, go knock on these doors. I should go knock on those doors and, like, camp. You know what I mean? Like, I, I need to just take direction. But, like, I'm mm. really, I don't know. I, I think it's, like. A thing that always fascinates me is like you read these historical accounts of like any period and it's like people really just go on living their life through terrible times. And it's like even if you're like on quote unquote the right side of history and there's a war going on outside your door, you're like still having dinner with your family and like Mm. having romantic dramas. And like, I don't don't know, I can't reconcile sort of like the massive horror of the world with like the daily life that just has to continue because there's no alternative. Right. Like people like like, it'll be a nuclear war and people will still be on Tinder, I think. (laughs) I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, for sure they will. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I, don't. I mean, partially it's it's the ways it's the ways that our brains distract us from the horrors you're describing is these, you know, much more mundane, uh, uh, trivial concerns. Yeah. You know, because they feel more manageable and more immediate and more uh, um, uh, uh, able to be mitigated. Right. And I think it's like that thing where people will be like, how could you be complaining about people using plastic straws when like. There's kids dying wherever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people yeah. will, like, make these false equivalencies about, like, what you should be caring about. But it's, like, I, I don't know. You could be mad at a lot of things at once. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad at plastic straws. Honestly, I'm in favor of them. But, like, <laughs> oh, that, took a, that took a heavy turn. <laughs> Let's get back to summer movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. What summer movies are good? What's top of the box office right now? It's uh, is it the <laughs> top box office? Uh, Spider Man weekend results. Right, like we're just back. It's like we're gonna throw another Spider Man out in the world to distract people. I don't know. The whole thing I don't know is- how you can be mad about Spider Man when children are being separated from their families. Right, but I think like like are you? How much are you on Twitter? Because like. A decent amount. I well, mean, like, less I'm, so I'm now. I'm browsing the feed occasionally, and it yeah. is really weird to see, like, all the concerns of the time thrown into one long text where it's like, sure. someone's mad about something. Some great, like, tragic harm is being committed somewhere, like, on the border. And then someone's mad that, like, there's not enough women in the new Spider-Man. And then someone is complaining that, like, it's too hot out. Like, it's weird mm. to see all the concerns of the time presented as equivalent on one yes. long document. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that is something that's really fucking with my head. Oh, I, I think... Can I say uh, the F word? Yes, you can, okay. yeah, yeah. On on a mass scale, I think it's fucking with everybody's head. Where it's like, uh, I forget where I read this, but there was some uh, a, a really nice article that was just like, every time there has been a major leap forward in uh, uh, communications technology, whether it was like the printing press or the radio or the telephone or anything, that's when nationalism... Uh, uh, has a resurgence oh, because the brain cannot like as you know Twitter is the largest we've able been we've ever been able to uh, like mentally comprehend uh, how large the world is and like all of these technologies like force you to kind of expand your yeah. notion of like how big and how diverse the world is and that's when people retreat into their into what they know and what is most familiar to them and sort of fiercely defend it because it feels like it's under attack just by sheer virtue of the knowledge that the world is bigger than you thought it was. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, maybe we shouldn't have jumped right to the world wide web and we should have just gone to the 10 mile web, (laughs) to the 50 mile web. It's like, I do think it's, I mean, I think like a lot of the ills of society are, are stem from the fact that like, like I think a lot about like everyone is being sort of like overcome by anxiety these days. And I think part of it is like, 
we're not supposed to be having to worry about what all of humanity thinks about us. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I, I'm not saying we have to, we should go back to small towns because we can't do that. But like, right. I, I don't know if the if like people are supposed to be living in a a globally scaled community. Like, it seems like it's too big of a base unit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the right size is, but like when I'm thinking about like does does this other person in the village think I'm cute? Like right. that seems appropriately scaled, but if I'm like, does all of humanity think I'm a good person? Like that just seems, it's too grand. It's impossible. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, and then to quote another tweet, I saw someone being like, the fun thing about living in our times now is we're going to get to see how this all ends. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Ugh. <laughs> yep. It's coming for us all. Yeah. So. Pretty soon. Yeah, I gotta start building the bunker. Yeah, yeah. With all that with all that money I have. Yes. <laughs> well, Jamie. Yes, Colby. We gotta start wrapping up the show. Wow. You do it at six minutes? Yeah, well. Huh. We'll start wrapping up. I don't know how radio and... works. I wanted to talk about your hour. Oh, sure. We can talk about that. Yeah. I just wanted to say I feel like you have such like a, a affable like host quality that it seems like you were just like Born to have, be a host. Oh, like, you stop. Because it's like, you're your, it's like, I feel like a lot of comedians, you see them on the stage and you're like, I don't want to be friends with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Even if they're funny. But I feel you're the same funny, way. but also in a way that draws you towards, not okay. pushes you away. Okay. Good. I, I appreciated that. I think it's rare. Not that, that I'm like seeing that much comedy. But, well, you're seeing enough. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I thought, to be honest. But yeah, I had a great time. I feel like uh, Stage Colby is as good as Offstage Colby. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh, you're welcome. Especially now that it's, you know, it's on record. I'll just play this back when I'm feeling blue. I know. When you get canceled, they're going to play this back and be like, <laughs> Jamie co-signed him. <laughs> I know. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> we were all canceled in the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, where could people find you? I'm online. Yeah. I'm offline. Yeah. I'm in Ridgewood. Yep. I'm a citizen of the world. Yes. You'll see me out there. You're at the Topos Bookstore. I'm at Topos Books. Sometimes I'm at the grocery store next door <laughs> buying a, an affordable lunch. Yeah. That's it. Well, great. Yeah. People can find your, and they can read your work in the New York Times Magazine and many other places. It's true. Yeah. Um, my last name is K-E-I-L-E-S. <laughs> Give me a Google. Well, I hope you have a, a nicer summer than you've had <laughs> so far. I hope Thank the rest you. of it's yeah. better. Uh, me too. <laughs> I really hope. Uh, God, so much resignation. Oh, uh, I know. I'm just like, I'm at my limit. Mm-hmm. Well, final question. You watching Big Little Lies? I am. What do you think of this season so far? It doesn't need to exist. No. Nope. But since it does, I've accepted it <laughs> and I will continue to watch it. Uh, Meryl Streep, what's she doing? She is uh, uh, unhinged. She is off the rails. It's like, well, it's like they're all doing normal acting and then she parachutes in as like a cartoon character of like a mean villain. And it's like, are you on the same show? (laughs) But it's tonight, right? Yeah. New up tonight. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. You know, appointment television. You know, who's my favorite? Who's my favorite wife? Who? Dern. Oh, interesting choice. I think she is crushing it this year. Yeah, I do think she is the best of the wives mm-hmm. i was team zoe kravitz for a while oh sure but now she seems to like she seems aware of the kernel of what makes her good and now that makes me not like her i think she's being a little deserved this year 
uh, by the script. Yeah, by her because her whole thing is just like walking around feeling. She's sad. like, I'm troubled. Yeah, I committed yeah. a murder. Yeah, she's so pretty. She's so pretty. They're all so pretty. I mean, yeah. it's a show of pretty people. It's really, it's really uh, pretty, but troubled. A bounty people. of riches. <laughs> you got Kidman. You got Witherspoon. Witherspoon's great. Mm-hmm. Her character is very unlikable, I think, but she's good at portraying it. Oh, she's crushing. Did you ever see that video of her getting arrested? Reese Witherspoon? Yeah. No. She got arrested for being a drunk passenger of a car, and she gets out of the car, and she's like, do you know who I am? I am an American citizen on American soil. When you find out who I am, you're going to be very upset. <laughs> You should look it up. It's That's really awesome. Good. I mean, one hundred percent. I'm going to do yeah. that. In the meantime, what's a song we should go out to? What's a summer jam? Is it Moana? We should go out to <laughs> Old Town Road. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Here we go. Cue it up, Jamie. Thanks so much for coming back. Thanks for having me on the show. It's so nice to talk to you as always. Oh, it's always a treat. Uh, and in five seconds, we will cue up the song. Uh, uh, bye everybody back next week see ya stick around for uh, two thumbs undecided here on radio for your brother here it comes song of the song it's like I feel it coming up in my blood it's so good yeah I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road I'm gonna ride till I can't no more yeah we're still there I've been doing these things lately where we talk a little bit over the beginning of the song yeah, yeah. Is there anybody out there? Uh, I don't see him. All right. Well, this will be a little Easter egg. This is, great. this is a great song. This is like the hidden song at the end of the album, you know? Yeah, my, uh, my train stop is Fresh Pond Road. Uh-huh. So I'm always like, gonna take the train to the Fresh Pond Road. <laughs> uh, I, I, I work at this summer camp. You know? uh, the kids love it. And, um,. They, uh, I, I keep doing this joke that no one likes where I keep saying, I've heard of Old Town Road, but New Town Day Camp? <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah. That's, they don't like it? Well, no, no, no one they likes it. They don't understand the joke of language. No, <laughs> I've told this joke uh, to the kids before, but no one gets it, you know? It feels like pretty perfect for them. Yeah. Uh, but it's the talking muffin, you know, the talking muffin yeah. one, where uh, two muffins are in the, the oh, yeah, oven, yeah. and one says, boy, it sure is hot in here, and the other one says, oh my God, a talking muffin. They don't like it. They don't get it. Oh, wow. Because they can't, they don't understand selfhood as a concept. <laughs> no, they don't. It's good to know that even real comedians tell jokes. <laughs> what do you mean? Like a prepackaged joke. Oh, I love them. I thought them. those were just for us non-comedians. Oh, no, they're...